Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betspurts. Talk about them Cowboys. All right, cleanse ourselves of all the Philly talk in a three, two, one. Welcome to The Deep Dive. The Dallas Cowboys are in a very weird spot this year, Andy. This is a weird one because usually a team that uh, is coming off of flirting with the playoffs if they had stayed healthy, making the playoffs with 12 wins, like there's a clear progression here. They've locked up their quarterback for the long term. They, you know, they presumably they've drafted well. They drafted the best defensive player in last year's draft by a by margin. Um, you know, this is a team that you would expect buzz, and yet training camp opens, and what is the story? McCarthy hot seat. Like this is kind of crazy. Where it feels like if they don't win a playoff game in the year 2023 which would be the 2022 season, then McCarthy's probably gone, which means that there is a big old range of outcomes here where this is not deemed a successful season. Is that your read? Yeah, it was weird. Even talking about it last year, we, we've, we've spoken to this point before. Everything I do when I prep is thinking about betting. Like, how can I you know, have the, be in the best position to look at this team from a, a standpoint of being ready to bet on this team or make some preseason bets. And it's almost like, it's like a, one of those thought exercises where you always end up at the same spot and like, Oh yeah. Like, how did I end up here again? Cause I did it last year. I do it again. And it's like, X, Y, Z, this happens, this happens, take these points away, this can't happen again, this might happen now. Oh my God, McCarthy's going to get fired. And then I run <laughs> like, and I'm like, I should bet first coach fired. And then we get into the same thing. Jerry just doesn't fire coaches midseason. It was the same no, thing no. with Virginia McCaskey. Like that's why it was so hard to, to stomach it. Lay like, off. You, you had to lay off. You knew, you knew it was going to happen. It just is not going to happen in season. So like I wanted to bet, I wanted to bet some McCarthy first coach fire, but it's just unless everybody it. makes it to the end of the year and the Cowboys get up earlier that day on Monday, like it's not going to happen. It just it just hasn't happened for so long with Jerry. So I don't understand the hot seat thing, and it's dumb too because the <clears throat> I don't know the wisdom around it is Jerry and everyone else is such good friends with uh, Sean Payton. And like that's there's a Peyton and waiting and that's a thing when actually like they have two pretty good coordinators I would rather see one of them get a shot at it I don't know if I ever need to see Dan Quinn coaching as a head coach again but like I would rather see you promote from within than go back to Peyton and even that said like I think Peyton is a, an incredible coach and I think he'd do a good job but it, it is odd that that's kind of where people's heads are at. Like, oh, man, it's we have a guy waiting for the spot and he might get fired. It's it is a goofy thing. And yeah, Johnny's pointing out the, the playoff wins. Like nobody in this division has a playoff win since 2018. The Eagles and the Cowboys won in the first round. Before that, I believe it was the Eagles again with their their run. But yeah, the nobody in this division has had any success in the postseason for quite a while. See, obviously the Eagles playoff run was fine. And yeah, Femi says Kellen Moore, probably a little overrated. I, I never can tell. Like I've been surprised before by some of these coordinators when they come up and get a job. You just oh, never he's know what, what kind of leader of men you get. Uh, I think he, he's, he's fine. He's definitely week. overrated. He's way too fun, way too, um, uh, Fungible is that the right word? No, I, I just don't know how much of that is the influence of McCarthy being his boss. And well, it happened being, under it happened under Garrett, 
you know i know but that, that, that's you're making the same argument for me how much of it is like no. uh, i gotta listen to garrett like i can't do i can't do what i want here so i i don't know i don't know what mccarthy is or i don't know what kellen moore is if he ever gets a bigger job we'll see it yeah like i i at this point i feel like if you elevated kellen moore to the d the dallas head coach like you're kind of spitballing he's jason garrett 2.0 like i don't think there's, I don't think you're hoping for much else. You know, I don't think you're expecting much else at that point. Um, but you're right. Cause like, uh, again, some of it would depend yeah. on who he brought in on offense. Or sure. If he sure. decided to just call the place himself. I don't sure. know. I don't hate McCarthy. I don't hate this team, but talking of like what made this team successful, it has a really, really stinky whiff of the 2018 Bears. Like, <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys had a super unsustainable rate of turnovers and big defensive plays. And, you know, the, the offense looks good. And there's some things that maybe point to it having not as good of a year next year. You know, I'm never going to put Dak and Trubisky in the same boat. But what they did on offense last year likely takes a step back, especially if they continue to commit to using Zeke as much as they're going to and the, the wide receivers missing and then just the defense. I mean, just talking 2021, it was amazing what they did on that defense, like putting those players in the positions to succeed. That's not just, you know, getting lucky. Like they changed things about how Micah Parsons was used and that wasn't all luck. So Trevon Diggs and interceptions thing. A lot of that is just, right place right time interceptions aren't sticky if he didn't pick a single ball all year it wouldn't surprise the hell out of me i'm not saying he's bad he's good at uh ball hawking he gets burnt a lot i mean that's been pointed out plenty of times but what they did on defense probably isn't super sustainable and a big regression in big time plays like sacks and interceptions is a huge swing to win probability in a lot of games and this team is probably poised to take a step back. I mean, if you want to talk about their offense last year, Drew, and what made, uh, you know, what made that tick. And I mean, devil's advocate for taking a step back, like Dak was fighting some injuries at some points as well. If he's fully healthy, he's a very good quarterback. It's really, 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 really tough to do a clear-eyed evaluation on Dak's 2021 campaign. That's the injury fair. stuff is real surely and impacted him at times but even you know down the stretch where he was performing poorly and notably his playoff um what a stinker i mean the loss to the cardinals at the end of the season and the loss in the playoffs were both like he that neither of those were related to his health no and and with the weapons that they had, with the health of the team overall at that point on offense, you should not be losing to the Cardinals 25-22. And you should definitely not be losing to the Niners by only scoring, what, 17 points? What was the final there? I don't think they got yeah. that many. No, it was like 23-17 or was something. Was it? Right? Okay. I, I, feel like, I feel like it was they had a, really They had a chance at the end to win it with a poor effort. So, I don't really remember. We can, we, we'll, let me uh, pull up the playoff game. We can kind of circle Did that game that. Dak, end on just running out of time because they ran up the middle and then tried to spike it and didn't get it? That, yes, that is what happened. <laughs> that, that is what happened. Yeah. Oh, they didn't even get, they didn't even have a chance at, a, uh, at an end zone toss. It was 23-17. They lost by six with the clock expiring. Before yeah. they had a chance to throw it into the end zone. Um, okay, so the Dak in those moments, in the kind of the key clutch moments, he was not great, and that was concerning because he was healthy. Um, the other kind of like general read on his performance coming into the season, I feel like you had a pretty clear range of outcomes that was. He's coming back off of the ankle. He's probably going to be the comeback player of the year. He ultimately didn't even win that, by the way. Uh, and he, the range of outcomes was he could finish in the top five of quarterbacks. He won't be worse than 15th, right? That was kind of the, 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 the consensus, somewhat tight bands on what his expectation was, right? 
And I don't think he, he ended up on the low end of that. And I don't think anyone coming into this season is waiting Dak with the ceiling of top five anymore. I think there's been a big correction of his ceiling into like the 10 range, maybe. I, and there's I don't some. Know. If he's healthy, I still have him high, but it's just, it becomes more difficult to get into. And maybe it's the same thing. Maybe we're saying the same thing. It's much more difficult to get into that range if you are still, you know, on a team that's bound and determined to feed Zeke just as much as they feed Pollard, a team that lost some pretty important pieces. With, and not only that, but like as it turned out, they did not get value for Cooper. Once you finally saw all the other wide receiver trades go down, it was kind of like the, uh, the Diggs thing with Minnesota. Like uh, everyone was super sad up here to lose digs, but everyone was like, well, "Shit! At least we didn't we didn't have the trade." Of, you know, the, remember the Houston to Arizona trade for uh, a Hop? Yeah. It was like, yeah, at least it wasn't that. So the the Cooper trade was rough. They lost Cedric Wilson. We talked about him in Miami. Like he was an important piece. I don't think James Washington is fully capable of stepping into either of those spots. You need. Lamb to be a, a full ass number one, and then Gallup. Yeah, it's mid season. They're saying uh, coming off that uh, knee injury. So yeah, Gallup receiving, for having having the receiving yeah. core looking like that. I don't. I mean, you're right. Like I think he has the skill level to be a top five, but having a big bump in the road, they're almost too successful at finding good wide receivers. They couldn't keep them all. And really, um, I read something about the guy. I don't know his name because it's. It's not something I jotted down, but over yeah. the past couple of years, being able to draft Parsons, Lamb, and Diggs, and those are in like the last three three drafts, and none of those were, oh shit, Dallas was like 2-14 and 14 and they have a high pick. Those are all mm-hmm. middle-of-the-round guys that they identified, mm-hmm. found, and developed into studs. So if nothing else, I guess we can be hopeful for their draft class. Because they've seemed seemingly been good at evaluating talent. Oh, maybe, dra- oh yeah, maybe they, as far lately, back as Dak. Lately, they had been drafting well and developing well, but managing the roster poorly. That's um, in my opinion. Well said. Uh, put and the, put that on a he, banner. And here's the other. And here's the other problem about Dak. He really and truly, it wasn't McCarthy that lost in that playoff game. It was Dak's performance, and I think that is what has a lot of people on pause because of course it's the most recent time anyone's seen him. He had 14 bad, bad throws in that game. And ultimately he wasn't under pressure to the same degree that some of the other teams that play at San Francisco had quarterbacks under pressure. He just could not run the offense effectively despite being at home and despite this not being his first playoff game. And so you would think that in general, uh, you know, third time around in the playoffs, guys already got the contract. Guys got a fully healthy offense and a system that is working. Uh, they should have won that playoff game, and he at least should have performed better. If even if not winning, they should have at least had uh, a better performance out of him. It took until about the midway through the third quarter before I thought Dak Prescott. Uh operated a drive efficiently and like like he was like like it the game didn't slow down for him until it was already almost too late and at that point the you know the Niners did just enough to keep you know to play keep away to seal that one and I think if the Cowboys win that game McCarthy's not in the hot seat I think if the Cowboys win that game Dak's being talked about as an MVP candidate this season uh and I think in general the you know there's been sort of a souring on their ceiling under him uh which may or may not be fair this may be an opportunity to buy low on the cowboys for all i can tell you um but the changes to the wide receiver core are very very interesting and problem and and i think create a big uh big questions about this team for 2022 and you mentioned cooper gone uh he wasn't ever you know, didn't ever really, I guess, live up to the expectations, but it doesn't hurt to have a guy of that talent level in your wide receiver room. Um, for whatever, no, and I, I shouldn't disparage James Washington. Like, I think there's a case for James Washington 
is another guy that maybe just got lost in the wash where it's like, hey, this guy might be really good, but there's all these other receivers up here in Pittsburgh and we just don't know. Like he's behind like three other guys. And we did see flashes, you know, when, when we'd see some injuries or he just got to take the field a little more, we saw flashes of good James Washington. So, I mean, he just never had a, a real big season because he just didn't get a ton of opportunities. It was uh 2019. He had 80 targets. That's his max. Mm. So maybe maybe somebody stepping into a bigger role, he can well, here's, find. So here's not, we're, here's I'm the weird thing about that. that. I'm just trying to find a silver lining for these receivers. This is the weird thing about Dak and the wide receiving core that I need some perspective on from you. It never has felt. It never felt like Dak was ever really on the same page with Cooper. Like the the fit wasn't quite there in terms of what Cooper wanted to run and where he was best utilized and what Dak was willing or interested in throwing or good at throwing. Gallup was the opposite. I felt like Gallup and Dak was like a match made in heaven. I don't know if it's just in general because of their skill sets were complementary or what, but his chemistry with Gallup was incredible. Uh, and so when Gallup comes back, I think you could potentially see Dak's numbers and this offense get a shot in the arm. Um, here's the weird one, though. Is CeeDee Lamb good? He had a role and a he had the opportunity in hindsight in that offense with that many weapons and that many you know people to cover he should have had like a jamar chase type of breakout and he did I, I, and maybe and maybe with some of that we do have to attribute to the other people around him dak kellen mike uh, but uh, he's good like he had over two years two years in the league drops a like, lot two that is an issue, but a couple hundred, couple hundred targets, 153 catches, 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns in his first two years. He's a target a, magnet, a, but the production crowded wide receiver room. Yeah, like in that maybe up. again, maybe with uh, with the rejiggered uh, wide receiver core, maybe he does a little more with those targets. They use him in some different kind of routes, but yeah, he's good. He's very good. We'll just find out what kind of role he's going to take now that he is uh, Duke in New York, a number one. Did he get hurt in the San Francisco game? I don't remember. He he was targeted five times with one catch for 20 yards. The game plan, I'd like to go back and look at that play-by-play. It feels like just the game plan in that whole game was just a fever dream of what is Dallas doing here? It was poorly thought out, poorly executed, and and yielded poor results. Obviously, I have, I have, because it felt like at the yeah. fact that at the end that they had a chance. Like if he's able to, you know, clock the ball one more time and they get a shot at the end zone, they could have won that game, and it felt undeserving. Yeah, you, know, you can blend. You want to something crazy? You can blend success rate and EPA per play in a way that kind of gives you like a basically an efficiency type of metric, right? Mm-hmm. The most efficient guy in the receiving core last year wasn't Gallup. Jarwin. It was Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. It was Dalton Schultz. With Andy, here's a fun one. You ready? In the yes. blind, how many catches did Dalton Schultz have last year? Like thirty? Is that high? Seventy-eight. Nah. Dalton Schultz had seventy-eight receptions did- last year. <laughs> he was targeted 104 times. Do you know that there was only 30 players in the NFL with 100 targets last year, and Dalton Schultz was one of them? How did how did big? <laughs> I thought Jarwin got a lot. I'm I'm mixing up my tight ends. Oh, we had Jeremy Sprinkle on the team for a little bit. <laughs> He's um, still Sean on the team. <laughs> Sean McKeon. Yeah, Blake Jarwin. Wow, 78. Blake, Blake Jarwin was a massive part of the Cowboys' offense last year massive and i didn't honestly, bet the cowboys saw that much. honestly the games i watched of the cowboys and when the offense felt like it was working its most effectively it was dak on the boot and dalton schultz like just completely coming uncovered because people thought he was in a run block he had as many targets he, as amari cooper yes how fucking crazy is that in this offense yes he had as many crazy. touchdowns as amari cooper 
He did. He Amari Cooper. I feel like we da- played him Amari like Cooper first touchdown Sh- scorer in primetime games, but Amari I don't Cooper remember him having this and many Schultz's yards. Stat lines. Look and oh, oh by the way, like it's, he was he was more efficient than Amari Cooper. Like they should they you know if you are looking in hindsight, they were right to target him the way they targeted him. Um, yeah, seventy five percent catch percentage, seven point eight yeah. yards per target. Yeah, ten point four yards per touch. Um, yes. What the hell? It's wild, man. Um, and you, know and many, you know how many fumbles he had? Zero. Zero. He did not fumble. Yeah. Maybe Lamb. Yeah. Lamb's not your one. Maybe this is uh, <laughs> Dalton Schultz is, is your yeah, one. Tex, this is your Texas Kelsey. <laughs> there are some elements and some whips of that if they are using him the same way they did last year, which I thought was really effective. Now teams will have adjustments in pocket for it this year because they didn't. They weren't using him in like a dozen different ways. Like Kelsey is never going to be adjustable in an offseason because they deploy him like 50 different ways. He's a Swiss Army knife at times, right? Yeah. Schultz Schultz's most effective play. I can see it in my head. Like I can I can visualize he's on lined up on the right and they're in a running formation and they fake the handoff and Dak is bootlegging and then Schultz is open and he trots for 20. Like it was uh it was a very effective way to move the sticks for this team in between the 20s. And uh you know, I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating to see if they can build on that or if uh, if that was fluky. Um, and honestly, the CD Lamb question mark for 2022 is a big, 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 big part of how you project this offense, which is weird that we would even say that. But your wide receiver one being better than, you know, taking a meaningful step forward helps you get your offense to its ceiling and anything else and this is now like you know everything is kind of in trouble having really having a safety blanket is so important too to make a good sure. quarterback great like if if schultz oh, sure. wants to be that again and it's funny i'm looking at his stuff like it I, I he had a lot of snaps his first couple of years apparently they just said this guy's a blocker and then and then one year they're like maybe hey that blocking tight end what if we threw to him 100 times this year I don't know if something clicked in camp with Dak. So, um, all right. So, kind of a, a lot, a lot to see well, on this receiving on this offense. We got to see how they use the backs in the receiving game. If we no, can, how if, if it's how crazy is it? To use, to how use how crazy is way. it in an offense where your top player, paid player in running back room is Zeke Elliott, and he is significantly less efficient than your other guy. <laughs> Your top yeah. wide receivers were significantly less efficient than Gallup and Schultz, right? You should, like they, yeah, you should just be running, yeah, run Schultz out there wide and put Pollard yeah. in the backfield three downs. Yeah. That's your a offense. Pa- like honestly, a Pollard, Gallup, Cedric Wilson around Dak last year. That off for a full seventeen game season, I think your offense performs better, just based on the efficiencies. It's, which is crazy, but Zeke is holding them back clearly. Yeah. Uh, that's not a mystery at this point. I, I, you know, people are speculating on what the split's going to be between Pollard and Zeke. And I mean, if you know the answer to that, then by all means, tell me. Um, Similar to last year, which is maybe better than better than most expect. But if it were 50 50, I could, I could live with that because I feel like they want it to be worse than that should be it should be the other swung the other way but we'll find out on that um and yeah it, it, maybe if he's just continues to be less and less effective every year like he has been they'll be forced to swing it to like a 70 30 pollard um but i don't know it's you get to see this this coaching staff has seemed to be stubborn about that we'll find out um, yeah i mean i think everybody has to answer to the owner and the owner says use the guy i paid and yeah, the rest is history. Cereal eating motherfucker. Get him the ball. Let him, <laughs> I like let it when him... he does the cereal thing. Yeah, I Give like I like it when he... Get him in the end zone. Um, yeah, I do that with my racing brand in the morning. Yeah. Uh okay. So the defense is the other kind of huge, 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 huge Achilles heel for this team as far as a market pricing standpoint, because the data last year would tell you that they were clearly top ten. But as Andy laid out in the preview or in the top off the top there, it was all fragile, not sticky 
not predictive year over year, uh, you know, you know, big swings, regression type of elements that made the defense good. They had incredible luck on third downs. They had incredible turnover luck. They had incredible turnover luck that turned into amazing field position slash scores. And even a breath of regression on all that. And this defense is all of a sudden looking at, uh, you know, a much tougher uh, road in terms of performing at that level. I, I didn't even I didn't even bring up third down defense. I went straight to turnovers because that's even bigger. But yeah, they were damn close to Buffalo. Like I, I think I had it, I had it up. Yeah, they were second in the league in third down defense without having probably complete defense. So much of it was they were able to get an incredible amount of pressure from three or four different guys. I don't think Randy Gregory is the biggest loss in the world, but he no. was part of that. It, it's 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 not beneficial to lose him. So, yeah, if people are able to pick up on what you know, what made Micah Parsons so successful and what made this pass rush so successful, again, it's always just a chess game. If other teams are able to counteract the things that actually made them good, and then some of the luck runs out on big plays, sacks, turnovers, interceptions, and third down, middle of the road off. It's a middle of the road defense. Like that's for sure. That's where I have them. They have a wide range for me because I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little out on just saying it's going to regress and it's going to be bad. Like it can still be a good defense. It's just not going to be a, a great defense that has all these high impact plays all the time. I still think it can be a good defense. This happens every year. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's what I'm like, I think, yeah, they're the most likely outcome is like, hey, they're right in the middle. Yeah, like they're, fifth, they're 15th hey, best. Hey, what do you know? Dallas's defense, 13th best in, best in the NFL. Yeah, that sounds about right. They got Michael Parsons. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, they should be around 13, it hit, you know, with him alone. Um, and I think that's maybe the, the way you, if you were, if you're looking for silver lining, that's where you point. Um, here's what I will tell you about Michael Parsons. I was wrong entirely in the preseason last year about how good he was going to be as a rookie. I thought he deserved actually consideration for defensive player of the year. I think legacy tipped that in, in, in the you know, legacy and counting rookie, stats. He... Yeah, legacy and counting stats tilted that in favor of TJ Watt, but he was right in there in the discussion. Uh, I think expecting him to be a top five defensive player this season, completely reasonable. Nobody is pricing in that way, though. Nobody is really counting on it. And I can see why, because I am not either. And the reason is I'm, I hate everything I read about what Dan Quinn wants to do with them. I hate it. And Dan Quinn said and tried the same stuff last year in camp, and it made me cold on Parson coming in, Parsons coming into the year, and he's doing it again. Like they're bound to determine to make him more than what he is, which is an absolutely elite instinctual pass rushing monster and they need to just give up and make that his role and it seems to me like they are trying to do more and he and freaking dan quinn got all kinds of weird credit pats on the back for the various ways in which they lined him up and disguised him and all you know all the different unique things they were doing with him and whoa he's so versatile and people are all blinded by the versatility fuck all that like this guy's Von Miller 2.0. You have young Von Miller in your team. Like just get him in position to fucking wreak havoc. And it's you know I'm I am not confident that Dan Quinn's gonna not fuck this up. I tend to agree, and it is so hard. We talked about this with uh, I got deep into this. And I still think about Aberflus. Like, did he make? Darius Leonard did Darius Leonard make him? We're going to find out if this guy's actually smart. <laughs> now that he's in charge of a team. And I think I can definitively say that Dan Quinn did a better job than I thought he would. But the bar Micah Parsons is and maybe will be within the next. I think Micah Parsons went a, de- a defensive player of the year within the next couple of years. I know I say Aber, Dan's giving me shit for going back to the Aberflutes. Well, I'm just happy I know how to say his name. Or, well, and eventually McDaniel and McDaniels, we're going to be able to nail that too. 
but there there is always that question of like, hey, is I won't say Rufus this time, Dan. Is LaFleur any good? Or is the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback making him seem like oh, this guy's won the division three times in a row? Well, guess what? You know, we could we could put uh, you know, my friend uh, my friend from down at uh, Walmart in charge of the team and Aaron Rodgers probably win the division two out of three years. So <laughs> like the, the but the Dan Quinn thing for sure, I think you can say is like no, this guy's a freak because you put him in a pass rush position. It's not like Dan Quinn knew just where to put him. No, it doesn't matter where you put him. If you put him and say, go get the quarterback from the edge, he gets to the quarterback. He had 14 goddamn sacks. If you tell him to you know, create the edge on a run play, he seals it up and he drives the running back back into the arms of the interior lineman. If you tell him you need to cover this tight end, he's fast. He changes the you know, directions quick and he's got the instincts to cover people. If you tell him to do, you know, you tell him to go back there and long snap, he'd probably be fine at that too. Like the guy is just good at everything. So it's not like Dan Quinn put him in positions to succeed. Dan Quinn put him in positions and he succeeded <laughs> because he's so fucking good at everything. Like his, that, that was the biggest surprise to me, like his coverage. Cause it's like, Oh, this guy's a really good pass rusher. But then you look and like, on running plays, he's he's just killing his assignments on coverage plays. He's I don't doing, like him in coverage. Don't drop him in doing, coverage anymore. Make he's doing a, he's doing an admirable job when they ask him to, though. Yeah, and you again, know what he's like, doing in coverage. But, but, but you know what you know, he's doing. No, Drew, and what, you're right though. Like <laughs> they should just put like just be a pass rusher all the time, or yeah. or a great. He's a good run stopper too, as far as his assignment on the edge and making oh, sure yeah, the running back stopper, goes sure. goes to where he needs to go, like. The guy is the guy's just a freak, and yeah, you're, I'm fine with using him less in coverage, even though yeah. he's good. He's good enough. I, he's good enough, but you know what he's doing when he's in coverage? He's not rushing. He's the not passer. rushing the passer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. That's that's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah. I mean, if Dan Quinn he got it quick, he got it early and changed Micah's role last year. I thought in the Tampa Bay game, and then you know, for us was history. It was match made in heaven. I'm hopeful that there's not some uh, overthinking it. Don't overthink it. Like just turn this guy loose. And let him let him be let him be his his best self because he's he's instinctual. He's awesome. And um, you know, I think with that, let's look at the schedule and find some quarterbacks whose days he is going, whose Sundays he's going to ruin. Starting Watch with Tom out. Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady and his new uh, his Tom Brady's. Um, work in progress. Offensive line gets tested right out of the gate, which will be interesting. Um, Sunday night football. I haven't bet anything in that game yet, but boy, is that going to be a fun handicap. Um, we are looking at a wildly different, considering Dallas and Philly both lost playoff games in round one last year. The fact that Philly dodges Tampa, LA, and uh, doesn't have to go at Green Bay. My goodness gracious. Like right away, those three pop as much, much tougher tests than um, than what Philly has to deal with. Plus, Philly gets Pittsburgh in the cross conference, and uh, Dallas gets Cincy. Not great. Um, generally, the sequencing is pretty favorable here for the Cowboys, but of all of the schedules we looked at in the week, week, week schedule, NFC East, this is the toughest. Would you agree? Yeah. I was going to say, despite it being similar ish, it is still your first place schedule. It involves playing Tampa. It involves playing green Bay. You get Cincinnati as well. So of the, and it should be, they won the division. They had 12 wins. It should be the toughest. You still get the ease of getting to play the AFC South. You still get to play, you know, the the Lions and Bears. So there are easy-ish elements, but it is tough. Like at the Super Bowl champions, at um, Green Bay, who, I mean, Green Bay's ceiling last year was probably Super Bowl champions. If, if they, a few things shake out differently, that team, that team could beat Cincinnati. Like the, mm-hmm. these are very good teams, and you know Devonte Adams not there anymore, but it's still Green Bay. 
Tampa and Cincy to start the season, that sucks as far as a one-two punch. Getting the Rams, at least, it's after that Washington game. The sequencing isn't terrible, but again, it's it's a West Coast flight to get out there to go play at uh, SoFi. That's not great. Your bye is essentially neutered by having to play a road game right after the bye against a tough-ass team. And then, again, Minnesota is a team that we think the market is maybe a little low on, especially on the offensive side. It's not a great spot coming off the bye either. And then you're, again, maybe not the best teams in the world, but closing the season with two road games, if this team gets into the playoffs and it's not as your division champion, that playoff game will be a third straight week on the road for this Dallas Cowboys team. So if you are making the playoffs as a wild card, get ready to be disappointed again, Dallas fans. Like, what are we doing? Like, oh, shit. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Green Bay. We're heading to Philly. I don't know. You know, it's... it's it depends how everything's hashes out, but a third straight road game, it hasn't worked out for a lot of teams. They got some tough spots on the schedule. That back-to-back five six is nasty. At the ramp, you gotta fly across, you know, go go out to LA. Then you go, then you go turn right around and you face Philly. That pick them on Sunday night football against Philly feels wrong. Like that feels like that should be two and a half-ish, right? Um, and I think yeah, you have to, in the first five weeks of the season, you have to play both of last year's Super Bowl teams. Like, nice. Oh, yeah. And the team that won the Super Bowl the year before in Tampa. Like, you, you know, you, you, there is a, uh, uh, the delta between the quarterbacks that, uh, Philly has to face. And, you, oh, by the way, you get Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and Joe Burrow. Silver um, lining. They don't play Kansas City or Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> or Justin Herbert, yeah. You avoid yeah. Josh Allen. You avoid Lamar Jackson. There's uh, a few. Yeah, you, you don't play every top quarterback, but yeah, you Brady, Burrow, Rodgers, and I mean, and the Rams. I, I don't want to just say like Stafford. I don't know if Stafford is actually a top five quarterback, but that team is clearly a top five team. And then, like we said. Minnesota's offense isn't going to be something you can take lightly. Indianapolis's offense is likely not a team you can take lightly. If we think Philly is this team taking a big step forward, you got two games against them, and one of them is in kind of a shitty spot coming a second straight road game after the Rams game. Uh, I really haven't determined what I'm making of Tennessee yet. but And then interdispersed is a bunch of wins. Like, you should beat the Giants. You should beat the Washington Commanders, Commandos a couple times. Detroit is in probably uh, a little bit of an ad, an advantageous spot outside of the – you're not getting a rest advantage there, so it's a bit of a landmine coming after those coming two off of games. A, coming off of a road uh, A road rivalry division game. rivalry yeah. on the road, Sunday night football – and Detroit will have a rest advantage. That's not a great spot. But again, you should beat Chicago. You should beat the Giants again. You should beat Houston, Jacksonville, Washington, probably Tennessee. Like, yeah, there's a there's kind of a soft landing at the end mm. because you get Philly at home and all those other bad teams. And maybe India isn't as good as we think. And that's a win. But like, yeah, that stretch from like uh the Giants game in week 12 on there's a non-zero chance that, you know, let's say Gallup is back. He's healthy. The knee seems fine, integrated in the offense perfectly. Things are starting to click. The regression isn't as bad as we think. There's a, there's a spot where this team can run at the end of the season and go, you know, how many games we have there? Seven, go five and two, six and one in that stretch and make a run at this division, make a run at a higher seed, but depends how it goes. Yeah, it depends how it goes. Well, yeah, I don't much, know. Like too much, too much ground to make up. I, I well, look at this. Well, yeah, we'll, this, we'll see how things go. Okay. Like if, if they lose those coin flip games to Philly and Cincy, and Minnesota, then yeah, maybe you're maybe you're not playing for the division anymore. You know what? I look at this. This looks like nine and eight, eight and nine. Really, the imbalance is notable. You're going to be digging yourself out of a hole relative to Philly, especially. Uh, and I guess the 
question is, yeah, shit, man. You're gonna you're looking at four and four at the bye, maybe three and five if Detroit's if Detroit shows up in that very nice spot for them, the gift wrapped spot to try to make Detroit happen. Um, if you do not come out of the bye and do well at Green Bay, how hot is the hot seat for Mike McCarthy? It's, if it's, it's three cool. and seven, and you are looking at Minnesota at Minnesota, and then your Thanksgiving Day game, again, it's probably scorching, and the media is the media is all over it. But I still don't think he gets fired till the end of the year. Oh, I'm not then, saying he gets fired. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, like how does that change, like, what's going on with the team? Like, like, can you talk yourself? Oh, into you're saying three do, do you think six? this team coaches differently because of where they're at? Yes, yes. Do they coach themselves out or do they coach themselves into the seventh wild card spot and try to save McCarthy's job? And just get just get wrecked by Tampa. Just get wrecked by whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. outside of Dak Prescott making the leap back into the sort of the top, the clear top 10 discussion, outside of Micah Parsons being your clear defensive player of the year, I don't see much better than 500 on this schedule. But 500 might be good enough to get you into the playoffs with the very weak NFC. Um, so if you're taking care, especially if you're taking care of business down the stretch, then I think you're looking at a uh, you're looking at potentially the seven seed. Who's going to be the two seed? Could be Green Bay. You might have to go back to Green Bay. Mike McCarthy and Green Bay Wild Card Weekend in the two seven. How about that? How would that be? Yeah. Um, do you guys remember? I don't know if we talked about it on Playing here, but his, it was coaching for his job. Anybody who's in the deep dive discord, there was a good conversation one morning and it led me to put a few bucks on Indianapolis. The exact method of like how their season elimination ends. stage of Elimina- elimination, stage of elimination, stage of elimination. Could not yeah. think of the words Dallas Cowboys stage of elimination wildcard weekend. Don't hate that. Don't hate it at uh, all. I don't know what that price would be. I'm guessing. What's the bad two to one? Who are who are in your mind? Who are realistically the contenders for the one and two in the NFC? We haven't. I don't want to spoil all of our other NFC previews. We've only done now two divisions in the NFC. Tampa Bay. Yes. In Bay. Yes. Honestly, Minnesota. Okay. Um, Philly. Okay. The Rams. Okay. And then, and maybe I should have put Minnesota in this, but because it, it, it is really Tampa, Green Bay, Philly, Rams. And then maybe there's a secondary tier where Minnesota, if things go right, uh, the Niners, if Trey Lance turns out like, yeah. honestly, the, the Cardinals have enough pieces. If they figure out a few things, there's, there's a shot. I'd put them maybe in the tier below that. And then the saints are, are in that tier too, as far as they have enough talent on that team. If things aren't, you know, Hey, this guy's not suspended and this quarterback works out. Like there's some things, but honestly, it's probably just, it's probably the two bays, Philly and the, the Rams. Rams and the Phillies. Yeah. It's probably just any those of those, fans. any of those. I guess if you draw Philly in the two seven, you're not feeling terrible. No, yeah. Sucks there's some, fami- there, there's some familiarity. And you know what? Yeah, it's hard divisional... to beat a team three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, they, they've had their, but you are talking about laying on the, laying the points on the, uh, the second head to head there. Um, yeah. Okay. So are you afraid of going to LA? If you're the Cowboys, it's you've not already a, done it bad. once. It's not bad. That's not bad. Um, yeah, it's a, it's you, a repeat. Yeah. So Philly and LA aren't bad. All, all of those Match games would be rematches. Every single one of those would be a rematch if that those four teams yeah, are the Shit, you're right, man. You play all the <laughs> Minnesota too. Uh, shit, the you're the right. top, I think the top five teams that you're most likely to face as a two seed if you're the seven you're playing are all teams here. you've already played already. Okay. So you're in trouble if it's Tampa. You're in trouble if it's Green Bay, surely. You're feeling okay if it's anyone else. But, yeah, stage of elimination wild card for the Cowboys feels really freaking good, actually. And, uh, I mean, if the football gods are out there, you know, and if some if the Lions don't make it this year, then uh, 
at least give us Green Bay versus Mike Mike McCarthy going back to Green Bay with this with his coaching his last his last chance to save his coaching career on Lamb on the frozen tundra in January would be something. The drama would be a lot. <laughs> do you put that game that. on Monday night or do you put that game on Sunday prime Sunday in like the in like the sweet spot window? When do you put that oh, game on? I, I do I do Sunday night. That's your top rated playoff game of Wild Card Weekend by a mile. A- another one you could make too, just Cowboys finish second in the division is two to one. I cannot find these. I cannot find these uh, stage of elimination ones now. There's just so many bets. Like books, books are horrible at organizing things. Like you have nine different kinds of, we have NFL season player props, NFL season props, NFL futures, NFL requested futures. Like there's just too much stuff going on here. <laughs> oh, I found it. Stage of elimination, Dallas to lose in the wild card round, plus 225 at our friends mm. at Bodog in Canada, Bovada in the US. Not, not super getting, juicy. That's not but getting me up. That's not getting me out of bed. It's fun to talk about. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Too much has to happen, though. I think uh, there's too much of a likelihood that if things don't go well, this team doesn't rally around McCarthy and then things get ugly down the stretch for sure. Rally run the family. Sure. Sure. Um, interesting. Odds. So what's our plan? What's our, our odds? Let's look at them. Our odds are embarrassingly low for a team we just kind of shat on. LOL. 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 Maybe even um, an MLLMAO. For the podcast listeners, I'll read them aloud. Super Bowl 18 to 1. To win the NFC is plus 850. NFC East plus 125. These are your, this team is your favorite with that schedule? Okay. Uh, to make the playoffs, yes is minus 260. Oh, my goodness. Yes is minus 260. Ooh, you can get a little squirrely in Dutch no plus 200 and wild card elimination plus 200 if you were feeling. I tried fun. to do that with the Colts. They didn't, they didn't, they, <laughs> oh, they I didn't tried to you? I tried to parlay the Colts to win the division and the Colts to be eliminated in the first round. They wouldn't let me. That, you know have, what you need? You know what they do that? The requested specials. They'll let you do that. You know what you need for that? You need like an over-under on progression and basically say – under wild card round. you know basically like either they make the wild card and lose or they don't make the playoffs at all and it's a winner that's basically yeah. like a 50 50 mark um, yeah, no um, no to make the playoffs is tempting it is tempting regular season win total 10 and a half plus 105 under 10 and a half well, is minus 130 that's the only just, bettable I mean, number just on again this. let's assume that let's assume that philly green bay tampa and la are in the playoffs leaves you three spots yeah, Minnesota, New Orleans, Minnesota, Niners, Dallas, Saints, and Cowboys Niners. are your presumptive next tier. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. There's there's an odd team out there, and this presumes that the Cardinals and the Giants and maybe even somebody like yeah, that's it. Panthers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, draw, I'm gonna draw the line. Yeah, I'm not gonna say the Panthers. Uh, somebody like the lions, lions. <laughs> yeah the lions make some the lions? some run at this i mean there's there's an odd team out for sure um yeah i'm not i'm not betting it at two to one but uh under ten and a half i would take some under nine and a half i think nine is my fare for these guys i'm gonna look to see if someone has a flat 10 what's the nine and a half price gonna be you think plus 160 175 not enough no You'd get something. Would, that's what I would so. bet if I bet anything, though. Yeah, plan of attack is, and so, somebody did mention. I think Femi mentioned this. You look at the schedule. I did mention those last seven games. If you have some sort of belief, there is a, there is a case to be made to take them to make the playoffs, to win the division, to win the NFC. If they are truly floundering through that tough part of the schedule the numbers for those things are going to be much, much better than what you just saw on that card. Like you're, you know, when you can decide, I think you decide on November 20th. That is uh before November, after they play green Bay, before they play Minnesota, that's your decision point because the Minnesota game is going to be, they're going to be small dogs in that at that time, probably. 
and you'll know more about Dallas. You'll know more about Minnesota. You'll be able to make an informed decision about what is likely to happen there. Uh, and then after that, you get the Giants, Indy, Houston, Jacksonville run, uh, which would be the only time possible that they could play their way in. So, uh, oh man, Excited if you yeah, too far if you away. have a bet, yeah, again, YouTube comments, leave some comments. Apparently, that's good for the algorithm. So. Uh, did I tell you that story, Drew, real quick before we go? No, it's by all means. I said the same thing on Brown Bag Bets, and I'm old, and my memory is going. And I said, hey, you know, leave a thumbs up in the YouTube. And you guys right now, watch the hit the thumbs in the YouTube. I said, you know what else helps the algorithm? Leaving a comment. Leave uh, YouTube loves it when videos get comments. Like, that is a, a big help. And I said, leave me a comment, even if you just say, hey, Andy, I like your hat. I said that, forgot all about it. And then I was going through the comments on like the back end. And there was a comment that just said, Hey, Andy, I think your hat is just meh. And I got <laughs> mad for like, because I'd forgotten all about it. I'm just pissed at this guy. I said, Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Like, I, I told this story on my bag, but I was for like a split second, like, why would he say that? What is wrong with this? You person? took it super personally. Yeah. Well, I just didn't understand. Like, why would he take the time to say that? Holy it wasn't, shit. but uh, so yeah, leave a comment. Doesn't have to be about my hat. Tell me what you uh, what you make, what you've bet. Even if you just want to brag about a really good number you got on uh, Jalen Hurts MVP, leave that in the YouTube comments, and we'll catch you back here. Uh, there'll be a video on Friday. It'll be pre-recorded, but I think you'll like our Smart Guy Fridays. Yeah, and if you bet the well. Eagles and they uh, and they lose to the Lions Week One, uh, don't tune into the Week Two because there's going to be a lot of I told you so's. I have no choice. <laughs> I have to be here. <laughs>